You're listening to a sermon preached at Sojourn J-Town. With the recent spread of COVID-19, we've suspended local services. The following audio is a recording of our live stream service, and we pray it's an encouragement to you. Hear the word of the Lord. And I am reading out of the NIV version. Um, I know we normally read out the CSB, but I, I just like the way the NIV puts some of this better. So... Starting in verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are up in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we are, we are thankful uh, as a community of people that we can gather still, even though we may not be face-to-face. Well, we are, we are thankful um, that in moments like this, we have the Word of God to stand upon. It is a sure foundation. It is a rock for our lives. And Lord, we, we just um, humbly come to you this morning asking that you would speak to us. And may we hear, um, and not just hear, but Lord, may we walk out of here being doers of what you have spoken to us in Psalm 46. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So here's all I want to do uh, this morning, just for a few minutes. I want to kind of answer... um, uh, this question that, that I think we see in this psalm, it's been kind of a question I've been thinking about over the last few days. So in moments like we are in today, and I, I don't even know what to call it, I, I guess it is a crisis, but I'm a little nervous even calling it that. But what do we do, or what, not necessarily what we do, what, where do we look? Uh, where do we set our gaze and our eyes upon during a season of time that we find ourselves in? And the reason why I ask that question is um, if you've ever... Uh, had the responsibility of teaching your kids how to drive or teaching a niece or nephew or a friend how to ride a bike. Um, one of the, the first things you always teach them is, is where you look is where you're going to go. So I can remember uh, teaching all four of my boys how to ride a bike, which is an absolute miserable job to do as a dad. It's extremely exhausting. And I remember all the time, I don't know what it is, I think they were fascinated with the idea of their, their feet pedaling and they were staying up without falling down. And so they would always 
look down the entire time. And I remember, man, I'm, I'm running beside them and I'm screaming, probably kindly, hopefully, keep your head up, keep your head up. Keep your head up. Stop looking down. If you look down, it's not going to be good. And, and the reason, and if we do this even when we're teaching them how to, to drive, you've you got to look straight ahead because wherever you look, eventually your, your, your bike's going to go or your car's going to go. And I think there's something um, with that even in this moment that wherever we set our gaze, our emotions, um, our posture will, will go in that direction. And so I just want us... Um, to be hopefully encouraged and challenged from this today that my desire for us is that we look up and that means we're going to pray. That secondly, we're going to look in, which means it's, we're going to take some time to examine and reflect. And then number three, I want us to look out and that means we're going to love. So our eyes are going to be set on this. We're going to look up. We're going to pray. We're going to look in. We're going to take this time to examine our own lives, and we're going to look out, which means we're going to love. And so let's just kind of start with the first one, this idea of kind of looking up. I love how this psalm begins here in verse 1. It just reminds us of who God is. Look what he says here. God is. It's a declaration of truth. It's not God was or God will be. This is who God is. And what is he? He is our refuge and strength. This is who God is. This is what he is about. This is part of his character. He's an ever-present help in trouble. And I love that language there, this idea of ever-present or very present help in times of trouble. Uh, ever-present carries the implication is, implications that God is ready to be found as well as it carries the implications of God being enough for any situation. I love that. That God is enough for any situation. So God is our refuge and strength. He is enough for any situation. He is an ever-present help in trouble. And that's why the psalmist draws this conclusion in verse 2. Therefore, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be anxious. Though the earth give way. And so this psalmist is um, using metaphors here of a, you know, cataclysmic events here, right? Therefore, I will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So, so even though there may be a massive earthquake or this massive tidal wave, he's giving metaphorical language here to talk about a, a, a cataclysmic event here. So what is the response of the psalmist? He is not going to fear. Why? Because God is his refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. Another way of putting this is this. No matter what craziness is happening all around me, I am not going to fear. Why? Because God's rule is unshaken. So when you hear that, sometimes if you're, if you're, if you're like me, it, it, it feels a little more of a, a, a condemnation on us, a little bit of an indictment. It almost feels like um, uh, sort of an unrealistic idea. I mean, I mean really... 
we cannot fear when we have a cataclysmic event like mountains falling into the heart of the sea, that this massive tidal wave getting ready. So like we can get to a place where we do not fear. And I want to say, yes, there is. And maybe, uh, maybe the fear doesn't completely go away. I would say that there is a means by which God has given us to help calm the fears and calm the anxieties and have a way of settling and centering us. And the means by which he gives us is that we look up. We set our eyes upward. And we do that in and through prayer. So I would say because the Psalms are written as prayers, that the pathway that God gives us to calm our fears, maybe they're not completely subsided in this side of heaven, but the means by which he gives us to calm our fears is prayer. We lift our eyes up. Our fears and anxieties may not fully go away, but I can calm them down and settle myself down and recenter myself to what is true by lifting my eyes up in prayer and being reminded that God is God, that God is in control, he is sitting on his throne, and this is not freaking God out at all. I mean, you think about the Lord's Prayer, this, this wonderful gift that Jesus has given to us. And the first kind of phrase there is, our Father, which is a, re- a reminder for all of us in here and online that if we're in Christ, we are adopted into the family of God, and now we relate to him as father, as well as we understand that he relates to, to us as a father who protects us, watch overs us, has our best interests in mind, loves us, cherishes us. All of that is true of us because we are in Christ. So our father in heaven, and that's not where God lives. That's not his location When it says, our Father in heaven, it is reminding us of his sovereign, powerful rule. So think about this. That when Jesus is teaching us to pray, he is saying, I want you to start off with the power of God, not your problems. So our Father, who is reigning right now in complete control, I'm starting my gaze and my eyes upward to his power before I begin to talk about my problems, my crisis, my anxieties, and my fears. That's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything but by what? By prayer. So before I bring all my anxieties to him, I lift my eyes up. And I remind myself of where God sits, of his power, of his strength, and then... I bring my fears and my anxieties to him. So I would say that an invitation for all of us here, and if we're not doing this, then this is my encouragement for us, is that instead of starting our day with checking our news feeds, instead of starting our day looking at our phone, instead of starting our day trying to figure out how far the coronavirus has spread, let's begin our day By lifting our eyes up, let's pray. Let's settle ourselves, recenter ourselves, 
and be reminded that God is the one who is in charge. His rule is unshaken. And He is an ever-present help in trouble. The pathway to calming our fears and our anxieties is we look up and we pray. Number two, we look in. And what I mean about looking in, we examine. If you uh, skip all the way down to verse 10, so you, you got the first few verses there at the beginning where, where the psalmist is talking about we have nothing to fear even though nature may be going crazy. Uh, the next little section says we have nothing to fear even though the nations may be going crazy and going against us. And I love what he says here in verse 10. So not only is our response not to fear, but another response that we have from this psalm or the invitation that we see in, in this psalm is in verse 10, that we be still and know that he is God, that I will be exalted among the nations, that I will be exalted in the earth. Be still, cease striving, cease hurrying, be quiet. There's a way that God hits home to all of us in our stillness. I said a few weeks ago, uh, a quote from Dallas Willard that said this, hurry, I think it's on the screen there, that hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life of our day. And if you want to remain healthy spiritually, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Well, I think this crisis is kind of making us in some ways eliminate hurry in our life. Our normal is sort of being slowed down and, and kind of changed for every one of us. And so in the midst of this um, kind of forced slowing down, um, I think it gives us an opportunity to really examine our own lives. It gives us an opportunity for us to look in, to reflect, to really see where our, where our hope is. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm sure many of us are managing disappointments. Um, Joseph, our 18-year-old, was supposed to go on a, a choir trip to New York City over the course of this extended weekend. They were supposed to perform in Carnegie Hall, which is a kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And, and obviously, that's, that's been canceled, man. That's a, that's a massive disappointment. And I'm sure a lot of you guys, if you have kids and anything, you're kind of managing that also. And I know these are trite and, you know, insignificant in some ways, but there's still disappointments. I mean, I love this time of year. I mean, March is one of my favorite months of the year and because I am a huge basketball fan. And I'm waking up every morning going, man, I, I'm kind of sad. <laughs> there's no basketball here for uh, several months and no March Madness at all. I mean, you can't even go to Costco and get, get snacks anymore. I mean, they're... They're not even serving them. And there's, I know these are really trite, but they're a reality for us. All of us are dealing with disappointments. And I think what we, what we find ourselves, it gives us an opportunity for us to look in and examine ourselves and see where, where is my hope? Where, what is my life really built upon? Jesus told us at the end of the Sermon on the Mount that there are only two foundations in which your life is built upon. It's either built upon him, the rock, or it's built upon sand. Trouble, difficulty, struggles in life come to expose you and help you see what your foundation is built upon. And the only foundation that will stand during anything 
is the rock, Jesus himself. And so not only are we going to look up and pray so we can calm our fears, we're going to look in and examine our lives and see where our hope is built upon, see where our, our real joy is in. I mean, maybe one of the things that we can do over the course of these weeks is memorize this psalm. Psalm 46 is a, such a, a great word for us right now. And maybe we can memorize this psalm together and, and use it as a prayer, not a, not a prayer of indictment, but a prayer of curiosity, a prayer of invitation. If you're in Christ, you're safe with God. So we can do this kind of exploring in our inner world without fear of being rejected and not accepted. And so maybe... Over these several weeks where we're kind of being forced to slow down, may we take an opportunity to reflect, to examine, to look in. So we're going to look up, we're going to pray, we're going to look in, we're going to examine. And the third one, we're going to set our eyes and look out. We're going to love. So even though um, this kind of point that I'm just making here is not directly in this psalm, it is indirectly in this psalm. Uh, N.T. Wright, and I don't think I have this quote on the screen for you guys, but N.T. Wright in his book, uh, The Case for Psalms, says this, God gives us these poems, these psalms specifically, as a gift in order that through our praying and singing of them, he may give us as a gift to his world. So we are called to be living, breathing, and praying, and singing poems. So embedded in this psalm is that this, is a, this psalm is a gift to us that by God's empowering, we live this psalm in order to be gifts to other people. So then we look out. We love our neighbors. So during this crisis, or however we want to describe this, guys, protecting ourselves cannot be our only concern. Not to sound cliche and not to sound whatever. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the embodiment of the love of Jesus to our neighbors. Embodying the truth of this psalm is not just for me. It is also to be a gift to our neighbors. Just as James said to us in James 2, verses 15 through 17, if our brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and any of you says to him, go in peace, stay warm, be well fed, I hope you can find some toilet paper, good luck, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Look, guys, our faith is not dead. It is alive. It is shaping and forming us to be a people of love, a people of love that show this through serving, helping, caring, and reaching out. We have a God-empowering work to do. We have, a, have an opportunity for us, and so therefore we're going to look out and love our neighbors. Uh, Scott Sauls, who's a pastor in a church in Nashville, tweeted this out this week, and I thought it was well said. I think it's on your screen. He said this, In times like now, Christian neighboring looks less like fearful self-preservation and more like servanthood toward the elderly, those with HIV, 
autoimmune disease or no health care, fatigued and under-resourced health care workers, etc., etc. Wash hands for sure. This is what I love. Wash hands for sure. Amen? Then wash feet. Christians throughout the centuries were known for their faithful serving in a time when the rest of the world was fleeing and fearing. If the arc of the virus follows that of China and Italy, then the next few weeks could, we don't know this for sure, but could be very difficult for many people in Jefferson County and the surrounding counties, Oldham, Bullitt, and Shelby. And I would ask us as a body to wash our hands for sure, but then also wash feet. So here's a few ways. Here's four, two of these ways I don't know much about, all right? And so, like, we will commit to kind of finding out more information on how we as a body can serve in a couple ways that I'm going to mention here. And you can hear this through um, Facebook, Instagram, newsfeed, app, app, whatever. We'll get it to you. Um, but here, here are four. I think they're going to be on the screen there. So food collection. I don't know where... This could be or whatever, but we do know this. With Jefferson County Schools being closed, there are many kids who depend on school meals, and now they're going to be at risk. And so we've, we'll do our best to try to find out where they're possibly collecting food to where we can do our part in helping um, bring supply to whatever food pantry we can get our, our understanding on. But that's one way that we can love and look out through food collection. Secondly, we can check in on our neighbors, particularly to our elderly. So you know, go to their homes, check on them, see how they're doing, see if they have any needs, see if there's any way that you can go run errands for them or whatever. Man, we, uh, we li- all live in neighborhoods. Go find out how we can serve and love our neighbors. That's the second way. Third way is child care. And this may not be for everybody, but uh, there are many people that are going to be possibly um, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their children because school is closed, child care is going to be closed. And they still have jobs to do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the best way we can do that is by asking questions and trying to find out where there might be some needs there. And then fourthly, um, yeah, there might be needs for uh, money and funds for people in crisis. Uh, Many people can work from from home, but there are many others who can't. They're hourly workers. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think checking on our neighbors is easy to do kind of figuring out if there's needs for child care we can step into. Food collection and money for people in crisis is some of the stuff we're going to have to do on our part to kind of find out where there may be needs. But here's the question. When all this passes, what will our neighbors remember of us? Look, the church is not canceled, all right? We are the church. So let us be the church. Translation, let us be the presence of Jesus that he is empowering you and me to be. This is an opportunity for wisdom and service. Yes, be careful, but at the same time, let us be bold. This is a time for us to, yes, for sure, wash hands, but also to wash feet. So we're going to look out. And this is not just in the morning, right? I mean, this is all throughout the day. I mean, I walked through Kroger last night, and I've never in my life seen the shelf so empty and freezer section so empty. And I'm just being honest, man, that created a little anxiety, 
a little eeriness in my soul. So it's even in those moments that I want to look up and be reminded, all right, God is the one who's in charge. He's a refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. I am not going to fear. We're going to look in. We're going to take this opportunity to examine our own lives and say, where is my hope? What's my life built upon? And we're going to look out, and we're going to love our neighbors. So here's what I want to do uh, kind of in closing. I'd I'd like to pray uh, for us. And in fact, I want to give you guys some time at home to pray yourself, or maybe you can pray out loud. I'm going to pray a prayer that's adapted from a guy named Scotty Smith. And so I just felt like his words were very fitting for us. And I'm actually going to kneel. I'm not saying you have to do that. And we do have a few people in our auditorium, so I'm not preaching to empty seats. Uh, And if you guys feel comfortable kneeling, you can do that also. And so I'm going to kneel down, give you all a few minutes to pray to yourself or pray out loud in your home. Um, Yeah, this is a way for us to to start with lifting our eyes up, a way of calming our anxieties and our fears and settling and centering us. And God is the one who's in charge. So I'm going to get on my knees, be silent for a few minutes, and then pray. Our Heavenly Father, every portion of your word is true and beautiful. The fear we feel in response to the growing impact of the coronavirus is real and understandable. To belong to Jesus doesn't mean we are free from all the messier emotions in this kaleidoscope of feelings. It means we handle them differently. In our anger, we choose not to sin. In our grief, we learn to weep with hope. In our fears, we learn to trust you. We haven't given, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, caution, alertness, appropriate response, indeed. You give us these things, but not fear. Thank you, rather, the spirit you have placed inside of us is the spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. We need the power of the Spirit today, Father. We need power to keep our minds and our hearts set on things above. If we knew what you know about this crisis, we would worship more than we worry. We need power to resist the lies and the spirit of panic with which the devil would love to paralyze us. We need the love of the Spirit. Your perfect love dries out fear As real as our fears are, make your love for us and Jesus even more real and transforming. And increase our love for our neighbors. May we not waste this crisis on self-preservation, but use it for loving to your glory. And Father, we need the self-discipline of the Spirit. Empower us for making wise choices, saying yes to the right and helpful things and no to the futile and self-serving things. And Father, we thank you that this is your crisis and we are beloved children. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, I'm Lyle Drury and the lead pastor at Sojourn Church J-Town. Thanks for listening. 
We are here to reach people with the gospel, build them up as a church, and send them into the world to be a faithful, loving presence. For more sermons, info about our church, or ways you can support our ministry, visit sojournchurch.com slash jtown.